And three, two, one. You're listening to The Real Social Proof Podcast with Mr. Sleepers for Suckers himself, David Shand. Let's get it. All right. Welcome to another edition of The Real Social Proof Podcast. We find industry experts, people who have real social proof. You know what social proof is? Social proof is um, the, the descriptive, uh, I don't know if it's a noun, not a noun, but it's the descriptive capability of someone to go build something and they can teach somebody else how to do it because they actually did it. And that's real social proof. I can point to them and say, yo, I'm an Airbnb expert because I have 10 Airbnbs. This is how I did it. We can create uh, generational, not even generational wealth, I think um, community wealth because we can teach how to do it. So we got a very special guest, Mr. Ramon Toots in the building. What's the word, man? Hey, what's the word? Good morning. Man, good morning. First off, you own Atlanta. In terms of the real estate, yo, I, I went to, a, I, it was so impressive. I went to the uh, the meetup that you have, right? It's called the, what is Deal it? Makers. Deal Makers. Yes. The Deal Makers meetup. And it's like a, a circle of, the, first off, the room was packed of real estate investors, wholesalers, whatever. They're like, yo, I got this deal, I got this deal. And you'll ask a question like, all right, where is it? And they'll say the street. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's my side around it. Like, I've never seen somebody know you like a, you like the map of Atlanta, bro. Hey, I've been here long enough. All right. <laughs> so with that said, I guess introduce people to uh, who you are and what you do. Well, um, Ramon Tooks, born and raised here in Atlanta. I'm a 24-year real estate investor. Uh, I would say veteran. And I have been doing everything from fixing and flipping to wholesaling, uh, buying and holding commercial, single family. Uh, we've done some industrial, and then I jumped into the educational world about six years ago yeah. uh, on the real estate investment side. So how did you start in real estate? Um, 19 years old. Uh, you know what? I'll go back further than that. Uh, as a kid, my the, the young man that I called my grandfather was a roofer mm. uh, for one of the biggest roofing companies. So I would see buildings, in, and I can remember like loving buildings. Like I, mm. They put the roof on the top of the west, and it used to be called the Peachtree Plaza. Mm. And we would go there on a regular basis, and, and we would walk out and just look over the city. And I, like, I love it. And then he would have us doing jobs. But one of our neighbors who is still living now, uh, a guy by the name of Mr. Johnny, bought a, owned a bunch of stuff in Kirkwood and East Lake. Mm-hmm. So what people see now, it wasn't what it, what it was in the 80s. Mm-hmm. But he was buying what they called dollar houses back then. And so he, as kids in the neighborhood, he would be like, if you pull the carpet out, I'll give you all $5. And, you know, you take $5 and go to the store, buy a honey bun, oh, play sure. with man, Donkey Kong, you know <laughs> what I mean? And so I saw that, and I just, I loved it. And so fast forward, my father, who also owned a bunch of real estate, you know, with his various business, he always encouraged us. And so by the time I got 17, 18, he was like, hey, go get your real estate license. I need you to start buying some real estate. And then I was at Georgia State, and at 19, he was like, listen, you got to go start doing something with real mm-hmm. estate. I started from a different angle than most people. Mm-hmm. I started bird dogging, uh, which is equivalent, kind of sort of what people are calling wholesaling now. It wasn't as organized. You know, I meet Dave, Dave say, I need a house over on one, two, three, you know, in the Main Street area, mm-hmm. and I would go find it. And then you give me a $500 to $1,000 referral fee, a bird dog fee. So a bird dog is, I'm, you tell me, like, what you're looking for, and you just go find it. Go find it. And you don't know the owner or anything? You just give them the address? Or? You, yeah, I, so with bird dogging, I give you all the information, right? We were a little bit more aggressive, which is why we had more success, because mm-hmm. I would go find the owner. I'm going to knock on your door. Mm-hmm. A lot of people wouldn't do it in those neighborhoods because we still stayed within that inside the 285 parameter. You got to think in the 90s, 
before the Olympics, right when the Olympics hit, Atlanta was still rough inside of 285. Mm. You know, we still had all the housing projects. We still had Techwood and East Lake. We had, you know, we had all of them. So it was still Kirkwood wasn't Kirkwood. Mm. West End was definitely not the West End, what you see now. And so we would just go find it and you give me a referral fee. And once you close it, you give me my money. Gotcha, gotcha. So how long did you do that until you realized, yo, so first, I know that. So first year, um, we probably did, you know, 15, 16 deals, mm-hmm. you know, which was Bird good. dogging. Bird dogging. Yeah. So you go find the deal, bring it back to somebody else. They close on they it. They close it. Give me my check. Yeah. Second year, um, we did 100 deals. I knew I knew it was something right then. So it made 100, over 100 grand the second year. At You know, I was still 19, 20-ish. Yeah. Um, and then third year is when we started to buy ourselves, getting hard money loans. When you say us, was it a team? So just, you know, me and my buddies. So a couple of me and my buddies. And I, we had some good guidance. Like my dad, again, he was around. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I knew other folks that had been buying inside the city. Yeah. But it wasn't as organized as we see what we see now. Mm-hmm. But they was telling us, go ahead and buy. So we were buying stuff and then renting it. It wasn't, fixing and flipping wasn't as sexy. Mm-hmm. Nobody wanted to live. You, you, we thought about only tenants in the, in the city. And this night, is this 96, 97? 96, 97. 96, 97. Then the Olympics got, you know, happened. The Olympics is 96. 96. Gotcha. But okay. the, the, the aftermath, people from the world saw it. And so then you start getting calls from people like, hey, I heard you was a good bird dog. I want something. I want this building. Oh, wow. The tax people start coming in and saying, hey, we want. And so we, our team just started growing. Fast forward from 97 to probably 99, 2000, that's when the fix and flip stuff started really happening. We had had rental properties before, then we started fixing and flipping, buying Mm. multi-units. And it was easy because the hard money lenders at that time, they were expensive, but they didn't require us to bring money to the table, most of them. So explain what the hard money lender is. So so hard money lender is a short-term, higher interest lender. They do it based on the asset most of the time. Um, and they only give you a year, maybe, you know, then it was a year to three years, 35 months. It was some kind of rule they had. But they're giving you enough money to purchase and then re- to fix up the property, right? right to renovate Not the property. six months. Some of them, but most of them, <laughs> most of them still 12 As months. Y'all know, like, I took me a little L last year, bro. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> He, he called me a couple times. I called you late. Yeah, yeah, I called you. Yeah, la- yeah. I called you after I lost the money, and then I was like, "Okay, Ramon, I'll never do real estate again we- without this." <laughs> Ever. But yeah, so they they are um, high interest participants. Here's what what happened. What happens when we first started? The loans were ten points and eighteen to twenty percent interest. Mm. And ten points means a thousand dollars on each. So or one percent of each dollar of each dollar. So yeah, yeah thousand per hundred, right? Mm. Um, we didn't know any better, right? And then the second thing is, where else were we going to get the money? At Hold 19? on, you said 10 points? 10 points up front. They charge you 10 points. So if I, if I borrow 100000 I got to give you 10 grand off top. That's off top. Off top. And then the Yikes. 18 to 20% interest. But let me tell you this, though. One, we didn't know any better. Two, at 19 and 20, where else was I going to get that money? Yeah. Right? But three, if you look at it this way, you give me... 100 grand, I have to give you 10 grand back, but I go make 35. That means I made 20 grand by not using any of my own money. Yeah. What kind of return is that? Yeah. Right? So even now I tell people about using hard money because people say, I heard hard money was, no, it's how you use it. Mm -hmm. It's how you look at it from the start. So, you know, I'll I'll go back to like 99, 2000. We started fixing and flipping in Kirkwood, Mm -hmm. right? And then we had a very, very good run, man. And I would say from, 12 months until people forget about 9-11 caused a wrinkle. Yeah. 9-11 was like what it is now. Mm-hmm. We didn't know what was going to happen. 
we didn't know how we was going to recover. Remember things that stopped Wall Street, the, the long. How long? How long was that? It might have been six months. Dang. Oh, so 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 when you come in here, you talking about the Corona joint. You're like, I've been through. I've been through when the money stopped. It stopped. It stopped. But then what happened is like right when they started fixing things and Congress started saying, hey, this is what's happening. Then everybody went crazy again. Like, oh, man. So from 2000. Did they stimulate the economy with a little like, bit? Well, yeah, okay, yeah they did. Uh, and then again, that, that was something we didn't know a lot about. And so the people that understand that part of it, like now with the stimulus money, we need somebody to tell us this is what this means to us. Yeah. Right. But from 2002 to 2007, I know people say 2008, but we start feeling it 07. For five years straight, it was a, a run like it's been the past five years. Really? <laughs> yeah. It was an amazing run. So hold on. Past five years been like. Oh, man. I'm like, man, my God. Like, ooh, ooh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So take that. So 2002 to 2007, it's just everybody's buying, everybody's selling. Yeah. It's yeah. just happening. They right call now. that probably the most miraculous time until the past five years that we've ever seen in real estate. Now, these past five years. So I'm gonna move up to that, but what happened in 2007, 2008? 2007, it started slowing down, and we, you know, we was like, dang, like we're not selling this fast. And then in 2008, you really felt it, and I was uh, ignorant enough to think I was a Ramon Tooks and I was gonna make it through, mm-hmm. right? Which means we had a ton of hard money loans, ton of bank loans. Yeah, because you owned the city back then. A ton of development. We had a yeah. ton of stuff, man. I remember my first hundred plus lot development was out at Stonecrest. And when the market crashed, you know, I was like, man, I'm going to pay these payments. And everybody was like, don't pay the payments. I'm like, yeah, I'm Ramon Tooks. I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And about seven months later, because my payments were probably seven to $80,000 a month, like with, with all the different projects, because they were larger projects. A lot of them were larger. We had some single family, multifamily. But in 2006, I bought um, a facility, and we were calling it the Georgian Colonnade, which was an mm-hmm. event. It was an old church, 30,000 square feet. So we had those kind of projects going. Mm. We were not sophisticated enough to understand what it took to make it through a time like 2008. We were not. And what did it take? Man, it took patience. It took uh, great communication. It took, you know, having the right team, understanding how to communicate with the banks. Because they didn't want to foreclose. Yeah. They didn't want to. They, they wanted you to keep that stuff. Because a lot of people didn't make the payments and kept their properties through mm-hmm. 2013. Mm. Um, mm. So in 2009... Um, we start really feeling it because we were out of money and really no projects, nobody buying. Oh, so you was just paying from 2007 to 2009. We were were still selling some stuff. We had rental income. So that helped me a little bit. But in 2008, um, personally, I went through some stuff. Me and my wife separated Mm -hmm. along with the the economy kind of. So it got a little rough personally. But what saved us is we had a ton of bank relationships. And because we had been buying directly from the banks, Fannie Mae, you gotcha. know, we had some really good, the agents that we were dealing with, you know, they were coming and say, hey, look, we're going to have all these foreclosures. This is what we need. And we flipped our business into what they call a uh, property preservation business. So all the agents, if we had been dealing with 15 agents, yeah. all the bank owned properties need to be secured, clean, trashed out, you know, the whole mm-hmm. night. And so we, we started a business then to service those properties. Oh, wow. Which gave us an advantage because that means we, if we're rekeying them, we see them first. Yeah. Uh, if we're cleaning them, we're getting you know five hundred dollars to eight hundred dollars a house, and you can make that in an hour. Yeah. Truly. So we bought some vans. So by two thousand ten, we were rolling with that business. Oh wow. Um. Um. And then two thousand 
11, that business changed because, of course, some national company came in and said, hey, we need to make this uh, uniform. And so when they made it uniform, it cut the little guys out. Mm. So whereas I was getting $150 to change the front door lock, they took it down to 50 Dang. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, no, I'm not changing the lock. I'm spoiled. I've been making, you know, <laughs> you know, 20 grand a right, month right. by doing this. And so by the time we felt the effects of that, the hedge funds that come in, 2012, 2000. hedge funds. So hedge funds are the, uh, what I call the organized money of Wall Street that had traditionally backed real estate and mm-hmm. not owned real estate. And they were smart enough this time, five years after 2008, to say, you know what, let's just buy the real estate. Mm-hmm. So if the economy ever go bad, we got rental income. Yeah. And they came in droves. Man, they brought God knows how much money. And they were reaching out to us like, hey, we heard you guys can find properties. Mm-hmm. And so we was like, wow, this is a whole nother. And so 2013, we we sold enough properties to start back fixing and flipping. Mm. And the economy for the- So you really, went back to bird dogging pretty much. Yeah, went back, to, <laughs> went back to bird dog. You go back to your roots. Yes, sir. Uh, and this time was a little bit different because it was more wholesaling. Yeah. Because the difference I always say is, bird dogging, you don't really have any control. Wholesaling, I really control either the buyer or the property or the contract. Mm. And so this time we were able to control a little bit more. And so we were able to start back selling. And then, you know, in 14, 15, everybody caught on fire. And that's yeah. what I'm telling you. The past five years have been amazing. Really? Yeah. What made it so amazing over the last five years? Did something happen economically? Or? So I think just, you know, those cycles. I think so something was going to happen anyway. But in Atlanta, um, all the different stuff, you know, we got the airport. You got things like the Beltline. You got all the major companies coming here. We're a great city. The the weather is great. You know, it's a few things. And I think just that cycle, because all over the world, all over the United States, the economy has been great. Yeah. You know what I mean? Give or take. I don't know if it's, you know, you think Obama or you think Trump. I don't know who you think, but I just know that based on what has happened in our market, mm-hmm. man, this is it's been great. Wow. Wow. So um, I guess walk me through one of, one of your specialties is the fix and flip process, Correct. right? And Correct. that's where people get their head chopped off, right? <laughs> Wholesaling, you find a seller, you find somebody else that might got a buyer, and you kind of connect. It's, it's all good. But once you buy this property and you find, the, the first off, all contractors lie. All of them. <laughs> bro, I, I, yo, here's the thing. I've never even seen a story where somebody said, yo, they said it's going to be done in three weeks, and it's actually done in three I weeks. I got them. I got them. I, I mean, outside I mean, of you, Yeah, of course, yeah. But, I mean, Here's the thing, and, and I, I, we had flipology this past weekend, and I, and I tell everybody, anytime there's a problem, it's because of something that we did. People don't like to hear that. If there's a problem on a job site, it's normally my, my fault, right? There's some steps, and I, it's 40 steps to fixing and flipping. 40 steps? It's at least 40. It's 40 main steps to being, to this, I got to check this box off. It's 40. Give me, a, give me 10. Give me 10 that you like off the top so, of your so head. So here is most important. The first three or four are what we would call the pre-development. Pre-development, you got to understand what you're buying. You got to know the zoning. You got to know basically what the cost is. And if you're doing a major renovation, you got to get your drawings, mm-hmm. right? And then once you get that, you need to start getting your bids um, from different contractors. Mm-hmm. You got to know what the basic numbers are. So you, in your mind, you got to know price per square foot if it's, that, let's call it $5 a square foot to do my floors. Well, if a contractor comes in there and give you $10 a square foot, you know that's not your guy. Mm-hmm. Like, just tell them, listen, I can get this done for $5 a square foot, right? So after those... After, do you just go for the five, or is there like a... Depends on... So, so I believe in quality. Mm-hmm. So 
we do renovations for other folks. And I always tell people, I'm not your cheapest. I'm not going to be your most expensive. What I'm going to be is I'm going to be your best quality, mm. hands down. Right? And I'm going to make sure of it. I'm going to do every job like it's my own. Yeah. So I'm going to walk them. We're going to walk them. We're going to take pictures. We're going to mark them up. If I see something that's not close to perfection as possible, I'm going to say something to my guys. Yeah. My guys know they got to fix it. But going back to those steps, your next few steps is going to be after you get your bids, is really understanding, did I get an inspection? See, a lot of us don't want to spend that money on an inspection. I did. That's where I took the loss. Yeah, yeah. Because here's what an inspection does for you. Um, let's call it 400 bucks. 400 bucks will tell me either we're right about the repairs that's mm-hmm. needed or we're wrong. If mm-hmm. I'm right, 400 bucks. I know. I got my pictures. Right, right. right. If I'm wrong, then I can go back and say, okay, here is why I go renegotiate with the seller and say, hey, man, you got a foundation issue that we didn't see. Yeah. Or there's something major behind the walls that none of us can see, and that's why we add contingency at the end so that we cover most of those repairs. But mm-hmm. I have uh, inspections for foundation and major roof issues. Mm-hmm. Everything else shouldn't be a big issue with it. Right? I had a big issue, though. Like, it was like, every, like, I'm talking about, like, everything was home done by my man. Like, it was just... So if it was behind the wall and the power wasn't on, at the end of my 40 steps when we're doing our budget, when we're doing the budget, I add a 10% contingency. Mm -hmm. So that means my budget is 100. My true budget is 110. If I have to go into the 10, right, that's cool. If I don't have to go into the 10, that's even better. And then I don't tell my contractor my budget is 110. Matter of fact, I don't ever tell them what my budget is. They have to tell me. Right, right. Because you tell them it's 100, they're going to spend 100. But in your head, you know it's going to be 100, obviously knowing what you're if, doing. If, if I'm doing a renovation, there is something behind the wall. Yeah. Simple as that. Um, but next few steps, you know, once we get that inspection, it's really to go back and go over it to make sure our numbers are tight. Mm-hmm. Then from there, you just check off, does this house need a roof? If it needs a roof, if it doesn't need it, just check it off and say, nope. Yeah. Inspection said no, roof is two or three years old. If I'm doing a true fix and flip, don't patch a roof because what's going to happen is somebody like me is going to be down the street doing a renovation and you're going to be doing one and you're going to leave a seven-year-old roof up there. And we know when they're seven-year-old. A homeowner walks up and says, oh, my God, that roof down there is so black and pretty. Mm. This roof has some gray spots, right? So do your best job. When you do your best job, if I replace my roof, I paint my outside and do a nice landscaping job, that's all you can do to the outside. Mm-hmm. Everybody's inside looks just alike right now. Mm. There's no difference. Right. It's just how you do it. Do I paint the cracks? Do I, you know, put a fireplace in? It's how you do it. Everything else is the same. Gotcha. So now we run the 40 steps. It's just a checklist. You know, is the, is the electrical updated? You know what I mean? Is the plumbing, is it PVC? Is it copper? Is it, you know, is it cast iron? If it's cast iron, change it. You mm. know, what kind of floors do I have? I don't believe in carpet in houses over $250,000. So again, mm. you're going to do carpet in your bedrooms? I'm going to have hardwoods throughout. The difference in price is not that much. Yeah. And people make it seem like it's a lot, but it's not. So when my buyers walk in, they say, wow, I looked at one down the street. They got carpet. Mm-hmm. This dude got all hardwood floors. So those things, when I'm doing that 40 checklist, and when I get to the end, when I get to about step 35, is when I pass it off to my realtor. Mm-hmm. Right? That's another one. People want to sell it for themselves. No, I'm giving my realtor 6%. Every time. Really? Oh, yeah. I'm excited about so it. So you do, you do a fix and flip. You you still get a, a realtor. Even though, even though, Ramon, you know everybody. I mean, not everybody, but like. I don't know you, buyers. I don't know buyers. I don't want to. I want every transaction to be on. Oh, land. you're talking about. So like you're talking about B2C buyers, like customers that just want a house to live in. Want a house to live in. Yeah. 
actually my realtor should you should get your realtor involved from the beginning because they should know what sales in the neighborhood they can help you design my realtors that are on our team are interior designers stagers mm. they are they all know so when i when we have a house that has a little flaw they know how to fix it yeah they, they know from the start and then when i get to step 35 and i say go ahead list it i don't even i, I go to closing that's that's it I don't go back no more. Yo, your process seems real seamless right now. <laughs> that comes from years of hitting my head. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about the 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 the, the biggest loss or the the heart <laughs> the heartache. I mean, I'm sure you to, to be able to have this 40 step list, you probably took a bunch of L's. Be like, up, oh, yep. Let's just <laughs> did the list start at 20. And you're like, nope, we gotta get some so, more. So you know what? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this recently. So if, if anybody follows us have seen the black house, mm-hmm. right? We painted the house black. Like everybody been wanting to paint a house black. The house whooped our tail. Really? We just put it on the market at three fifty nine nine last week. It whooped our tail. Why? Um, one, me not being there like I should be, because I shouldn't have been. But this was a little bit more different of a deal. It was a burn house. And so I should have stepped in a little bit more. Two, um, I would say some things that happened outside of our control it flooded once one time, mm. which bucked our hardwood floors. So little things happened, but it made me say, you know what? I think we skipped too many steps in here. And when you got this checklist of 40, even if you don't need it, you check it off so you don't miss something. Because when you skip one, you suffer. Oh, yeah, I need to see this list. I got it. Goodness gracious. It. So so you skip you skip one of the things on your own list in that joint. Oh, and you feel it. You feel it. Ooh, do you feel it? You feel it every wow. time, no matter who you are. So, you know, a lot of times when we're doing this business, we feel like, oh, man, I've been doing this 20 years, and, you know, I'm going to skip this step, like the inspection. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't go in attics, and I don't go in crawl spaces. So even if I did, I don't know what I'm looking at. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you, okay, now something Boeing, something wrong with that, mm-hmm. right? If I look in a crawl space and I see something sagging or some pipes going under, I know something's wrong with that. But to truly have an accurate picture, I need to spend the $400. Mm, gotcha. That way, when we start talking about scaling, I can renovate a house in Hawaii right now. And I can. Because if I got inspectors on my team that's going to go by and check the process out, I, you know, people talk about contractors. I control contractors. Mm-hmm. And you control them with monies and, and paperwork. Yeah. You know, I'm not paying you up front. Yeah. See, that's like the horror stories that I hear is somebody giving a contractor their money up front. <laughs> right. You gave them 40 grand for what to start a job. Right. But I tell people, if you're on our team, here's the easy process. Bring us on board or learn the process. I, we charge 10% management fee, right? Mm-hmm. So it's cost plus 10%. You're going to pay that to anybody that's worth anything. 10% of the... Pro- total project. Total pro- In terms of... If it costs thirty thousand to renovate, to renovate, it's gonna, we're gonna charge 10%. three thousand. Okay, not ten percent of the deal. No, no, not ten percent okay, gotcha. of the construction side. Gotcha. Right, but here's what we teach people: we buy your own material. Why are you paying a contractor to buy your material from Home Depot? Yeah, I don't. I've never understood that. Mm-hmm. So if you're buying your own material, the contractor doesn't make money. So really, you're 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 focused on labor costs. Yeah. If your contractor doesn't do something right on Friday, he doesn't get paid. He knows it up front. I'm not paying mm. you to pay your crew to do the work. Just not gonna happen, mm. like it or not. And everybody understands that because if I got a job from the U.S. government, a ten million dollar contract, they're not going to give me two hundred two million dollars up front. <laughs> right. So why right, would we right. work any other kind of way? 
So that and that's that's probably the biggest mistake, making sure that we have an inspector on our team to watch those jobs. Mm. Uh, and not, you know, you on the job site like, oh, my God, every Friday. You don't know what you're looking at. Yeah. No. So, that, I mean, that's probably the biggest mistake we all make. Mm. Okay. So, somebody is wanting to get into real estate. Okay. okay. Let's just say I got $2,000 sitting around. I'm trying to figure out what to do with it. <laughs> you said you got how much? I got two grand. I got $2,000. What do I do? <laughs> you need to- Use that to buy some more online courses. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's, so no, that's a start. That's so, a start. so let me let me say this. Um, you got two grand. One is getting your business in line. Mm-hmm. Two, I'm not gonna tell you wholesaling because you know I have this argument with wholesalers. Is wholesaling the easiest way to get started in real estate? No, hmm. no. What is? No, buying and holding, rental properties, easiest way. Wholesaling as a business is not the easiest way. Wholesaling. As a hustle is the easiest way. It's two different things. Mm. So wholesaling as a hustle means, and we teach people this, show up to deal makers, tell us what you're looking for, see who's in there, take one of those deals, and then you run with it. But you have no, you can't get any KPIs from that, you know, key performance indicators. You'll hear people talk about that. You really can't scale that. Right. When you start talking about wholesaling as a business, when you got virtual assistants, you got telephone lines going, you got mailers going out, it takes more than two thousand dollars. Right now, if you got two thousand dollars and you dump it into wholesaling as a business, you're probably going to fail. Ninety nine percent of them fail anyway. So I can I get into buy and hold with two grand? Yeah. How yeah. so? So credit's going to be a factor. Now, if credit, you got bad credit. No. Mm-hmm. But yes. Gotcha. Right. And I'm always say because there's so many creative ways to get involved in real estate. Yeah. So if you got two grand and you got decent credit, there's some business credit cards, people. There's some business funding out here where you can go and get that business funding. Now I can go get you 40, 50 grand. Stop listening to the people that so they can get you 150 grand because that's not normal. They can get you 40 <laughs> or 50 grand, which is a good start. Yeah. Right. You can take that 40, 50 grand. You can partner it with if you got good credit. Now, I'm just talking about good credit for 660 and above, really mm-hmm. 700 and above. Okay. You take that and you partner that with a hard money loan or some kind of bank fu- funding, and then you go buy a property and then refinance and pull the money out, right? So you mm-hmm. got no money out of your pocket. We were creative enough to say, I got this money from a credit card with 0% interest, mm-hmm. or you may have to get a term loan that's a little bit higher interest, but right now we can go get some 0% interest money for the first six, seven, or 12 months, right? Take that money, use it for my down payment and carrying costs, and I'm gonna make it even better. Take that money for my down payment and operating money. If you got good credit, I can take you to Lowe's right now, a Home Depot, and get you a, a credit card. So now I can buy my material. Yep. I can partner my credit card money after I liquidate it with some hard money. Mm-hmm. We're working on what they call a draw system. So on Friday, whatever we're done, they come out and inspect it. The next Friday, we get paid. Yeah. So I'm not using any of my own money. And then I refinance and pull, pay back that debt, pay off my credit card, and put a few dollars in my pocket. Stick a tenant in there. Mm. Okay, so while we through refinancing, and you know we hear it a lot, but what does refinancing mean? And can anybody just refinance their property? So no, anybody cannot refinance their property. Um, that's truly going to be based on credit, mm-hmm. right? But it's also based on numbers. So most people. So first off, if you want to get into real estate, fix your credit, pay your bills, get your credit right. Makes life a lot easier. It does. Right? Okay. It does. Okay, it does. You. I know we talk about we can get you in, no money down, no credit, doesn't matter. Right. That is wholesaling and creative real estate investing. Mm-hmm. There are some other ways that I mean, we can talk about them. But when you're refinancing, when you start talking about really growing, credit is important. 
refinancing, you're normally going to get up to when you're doing it the right way and not lying, because I don't want anybody lying on these app, <laughs> at these apps. Please don't, because it, <laughs> you know, it, it can come back on you. But think about being able to refinance at 70 to 75% of what it's worth, right? Mm. Which means if you buy them right, you can at least, at a minimum, you can pay off the debt that you have. Now I got okay. cash flow, mm-hmm. right? If somebody give you 80% loan, there's a bank here in Atlanta that just spoke at Flipology, and they just blew our mind. Like, it's a whole... They, they are wanting to throw money at everybody. Really? Oh, yeah, we getting ready to test the water. Got to. Like, she came and said, listen, I promise y'all I can do this. I, it's- explain, explain, explain what that means to me. So what she said is she can do loans under 50000 mm-hmm. which is unheard of right. from a bank, right, on real estate. They can refinance, and there's no seasoning required, which means I can buy it today and refinance it by the end of the month. Right. They're not even. And if I'm buying it, they're not going to season where our money come from. They just want to see I got sixty thousand dollars in my bank to go for the down payment. Thirty thousand, whatever that number is. Mm -hmm. So, again, I can get that money from their credit card, put it over here and then go to them and get the funding. I heard of this is a bank. This is not a broker. This is not a lender. This is a bank here in Atlanta. How do you get money off your credit card? You got to you got to liquidate it. How do you liquidate it? So different ways, you know, the, the credit card guys that give the funding teach you how to liquidate it. One way is if, you know, you can have a, what I call a Stripe account, a Square account, you can liquidate your own money. Oh, gotcha. So you process the money through you process the own... money and pay a percentage. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. There's other people that talk different ways. I always say just, you know, when, you, when you're dealing with the credit card folks, um, just y'all have that conversation. What does it cost to really get that money off the, off the credit cards? And then that may be a, you know, a 3 or 4% cost three four five percent cost to get it off you still got to pay the credit card interest rate though you got to pay it you got to pay it but here's the thing again think about this you partner all this money and let's say it costs you 15 percent over a six month period right where else are you going to go borrow 200 grand and only have to pay 15 percent because you come to me for 200 grand we 50 50 part we 50 50 it's 50 percent of what you make absolutely right so I think folks have to start looking at the cost of losing the opportunity mm-hmm. as opposed to the cost of the money when you're learning how to work with the money. And that's why you pay people to teach you how to work with the money. Yeah. Because if, if people are like, oh, my God, I, I wish I would have bought that. Oh, my God, I wish I could buy that, right? No, you really don't because mm-hmm. you do what it takes to get there. If, mm-hmm. Even if it means repairing your credit, that costs something. So if you got $2,000 and you got bad credit, let's go get your credit repaired. Yeah, but. Sure. Also learn how to partner with people because if I came to you, Dave, and I got this great deal, oh man, we got this deal in the West End at sixty-five cents on a dollar, and I need fifty grand. Mm-hmm. I can get the hard money loan, but I need fifty grand to make this work. Most people that got fifty grand are going to say, you know what? You're right. I'm gonna do this. We're gonna break bread on the end. I'm gonna make sure I carry you through this deal. Yeah. You got to manage that deal. So you got to have a skill set. Yeah. It didn't matter what my credit was like at that point. Then mm-hmm. I take my profits and start investing back into me. So it's it's. It's so many different layers to it, but understanding that funding piece of it, I always say is the easiest part, but it's the best part. The construction part is where everybody, like yeah, you said. Yeah, for sure. It is. It is. Well, it's the, the it's our nemesis because right, there's a right. ton of deals. There's a ton of money, right, in the middle, but people don't want to pay for it. See, mm-hmm. people don't want to. People want to say, you know what? I seen YouTube. They were fixing this house up. They did it in 30 days, and I'm like, oh my, here we go again with this. Yeah, that's not how it go. Yeah. But I tell people now when they call me or call the office, they'll say, man, I need an estimate. And I tell people we charge 450 for a scope of work. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not going to come out and I'm not going to have my guys stop working on Dave's job to come look at your job so you get our numbers and go take it to somebody else that's going to yeah. screw you up and then you come back to us six months later like, yeah. man, I should have. No, you shouldn't have. We charge 450 300 of it gets, if you use us, 300 get credited towards your um, the job if you if you hire us, yeah. right? Anybody that's doing something different, the free estimate trucks, you see the free estimates, yeah. they got too much free time, too much free time. <laughs> right, right, right. They do. Right. If, if, they, if you right. go to 20 jobs a day, when are you doing the work? Right. Yeah, that's real. Yeah. That's real. So where, where are we at in the state of Atlanta real estate? Because uh, I hear that, you know, it's better places like Chicago or, you know, uh, different places. <laughs> Is Atlanta still alive and well? Man, you know we the best place in the world. <laughs> Are we really for, for, for real estate? Yeah. Still. Still. What we're not the best thing is for rental properties. I don't. It, it's rough because people paying too much. So you got, uh, we had a conversation. I was on a um, call, a Zoom call last night, and they talked about the Airbnb model. Mm-hmm. And people are crazy about the Airbnb model until it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And so what I have been saying for a couple of years now, buy it based on you getting a traditional tenant, and if you get the Airbnb model to work, you make a fortune. Yeah. But if you buy it based on, oh, I'm gonna get $100 a night, what just happened to everybody right now? Yeah, nobody, yeah, nobody's traveling. See, but now. VA, Social Security, and right now, the housing programs are still dropping that rent in first through the fifth. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna buy my stuff that way. I'm not gonna buy it based on the Airbnb model, but Atlanta has is, is become overpriced for rentals, gotcha. uh, unless you're from somewhere else. Right. You're right. South side of Chicago, um, Cleveland, Ohio. I mean, there's some places where there's some duplexes we can be all in for $65,000, get $1,400 a month in rent. But then you still mm. got Macon, Georgia. You still got Birmingham, Alabama. You still got, you know, Augusta. I mean, there's so many places like that yeah. where you can buy something and get a very good return that it's, it's not as sexy as I'm buying in Atlanta. Right. Right. right? It's not sexy, but do it's you, cool. Do you, um, do you feel comfortable? Obviously, you know, you know the game but you don't necessarily have your team there. So, like, do you go out and do different things in California, New Jersey, Philly, whatever? You personally. Um, so, so, yeah, I do. So it's a, it's a, it's not, I don't care who the team is because people screw up. It's the system. So you got to have a good property manager. You got to have some good ears, which means a good realtor somewhere around. Yeah, yeah. So, like, in Cleveland, for us, I'm just as strong in Cleveland as I am in Atlanta. Really? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I got some partners there. I mean, I mean, they are awesome. I can call right now and we would have. It's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. 
Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. And it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash social proof. Hey, y'all, I ain't going to lie, man. They sent me this Ufi lock. Think about being on the couch. Someone rings the doorbell. Your child left their key at school. And they need you to get off the couch to open the door. Well, you don't have to do it anymore with this Eufy lock. You can open, unlock, see who's at the door all on your phone. It's super easy to install. You can set up with just a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. It's keyless entry. So it's no more fumbling for your keys when your hands are full coming from the grocery store. 0.3 second fingerprint recognition. Listen, you put your fingerprint on there. You don't have, even if you got you got your bags, you put one finger out there, boop, you get to unlock your door that way. No battery anxiety. You don't have to worry about the battery dying. Quick charging, it's incredible. Also, passcode unlocking and remote control with a 2K clear sight camera so you can see who's at the front door. You're in control anywhere from the app. Enhanced night vision. It's absolutely incredible. No monthly fee either. So unlike other brands that charge a monthly fee, you have you have uh, recordings locally, and you don't have to pay for the storage. Customer support is on 10. Listen, Ufi is on standby for you 24-7, so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty, all backed by our professional customer service team. Listen, you can contact them anytime, telephone, email, or live chat. Okay, listen, you need this Eufy lock. You need to look it up. All you have to do is go to the official website, Eufy, 
E-U-F-Y.com. I just ordered mine, okay? I love this product. It is incredible. It's a game changer. It makes life so much easier, right? So if you have a video doorbell already or any smart lock, it's, 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 it's time to replace it. It's time to replace it. So listen, search Eufy, E-U-F-Y, video lock. Search Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com forward slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Okay? You can get a complete control of your front door, your life, back door. Incredible. Okay? So search Eufy, E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com forward slash video lock. Look at a house before I leave out of here. And I will have a construction budget before I leave out of here. Mm. Same thing in Detroit. We're strong. So there's some cities where we're just as strong as we are in Atlanta. So you feel confident. Like, I don't have to go there. Yeah. I go to projects just because I like real estate. Yeah. But I truly don't have, like, they told me this morning, like, don't go. We're going to go take the pictures. No, nah, I'm going because I just want to, I don't want to yeah. be in the house. Like, right, right, right. <laughs> I want to get out and get some sunshine. But when you build a team and a system, the team, I go back, it's like the Patriots. The Patriots don't care that Tom Brady's leaving, but they do care because they got a system, Yeah. right? They feel like they're still going to win because we got a great leader and we got a great system. And your system with any city is the same. You know what I mean? Use those 40 steps, yeah. get my inspections, and have somebody that you can trust. Gotcha. So Atlanta is the best city in the world for what? Living. In real estate, real estate. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that's a fact. That's a fact. Um, but in real estate. So... I believe fixing and flipping new construction. Mm-hmm. It's one of the best. I mean, it's a lot of great cities, especially yeah. when you're in a great time, right? It's all relative because there's some people, most people like Atlanta, but there's some people that are okay with California returns. Mm-hmm. There's some people that's okay with New York or Seattle or Hawaii returns. For us, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. For me, being under 300,000, for most, most properties, you know, in Metro Atlanta is a good number, under 300,000, mm-hmm. and we're making a 10% return, which is about $30,000 a house. You're doing great. Gotcha. gotcha. And people want to be here. So, you know, people talk about other cities, and, and, and I know I'm biased, but more people want to be in Atlanta than they do most cities. Yeah. Right? You got more people moving in. One, it's, it's cheaper to live. Yeah. And you just got, um, you, you know, you got some black power that attracts other people. You know, we yeah. got a superpower in Atlanta. Oh, that for you sure. you don't really have Facts. in a lot of other cities. You Facts. know what I mean? Facts. You can go to black-owned restaurants. So it attracts uh, a different kind of person. Yeah. Then you got Black Hollywood. I mean, you got, no, not Black, you got Holly, Tyler Perry has made Hollywood. Oh, absolutely. I mean, right? oh, and so absolutely. We, we got some elements here, man, that makes this city very attractive. And it's still, um, compared to, you know, the New Yorks and LAs, we're still pretty affordable. Gotcha, gotcha. So do you, where, where are you going next? I mean, obviously you said you're in Detroit, Ohio. If I was going to start my fix and flip, or I was going to start my rental income, I'm, I'm brand new in the game. Okay. Where would you start? And I live in Atlanta. And I'm asking, like, personal questions. So, And I live in Atlanta. So would you say, yo, Dave, go to Macon, go to Birmingham? Or would you say, yo, I, t- I got you. Let me take you up to Chicago. So, so, so I'm going to say go where the first, the best opportunity is to present yourself, right? So if somebody called while we're sitting here, somebody called and said, I got a deal in Chicago, we go to Chicago. If somebody say we got a deal in Cleveland, you know, I got a deal in Cleveland last night that's a triplex for 40 grand that's rented already at $1,000 with a vacant unit. We go there. If somebody call in Macon or Birmingham or Augusta, we go there. 
Like it's just wherever the deal presents us, that's where we go. From your perspective, you don't got to go to the house, but I feel like I need to touch that. No, you don't. I need to see it. And did you touch your stocks when you bought them? Call. And see, they can come and go. See, the, I hear people argue about stocks versus real estate, right? Right now, it showed you that the stocks could drop all the way. Company can go file bankruptcy. We lose everything. With real estate, the value could drop, but I still got my house. I still got my dirt. You can't destroy yeah. dirt. You can't destroy the land. Land is indestructible, yeah. right? And so I still got that. So even if my value go from 100000 to 30000 my rent normally is still five, six hundred dollars or whatever that number is. Because mm-hmm. somebody's gonna live there. So there's a difference. And people have to have that understanding that you don't have to touch it with the right system and the right team. Gotcha. You don't gotcha. have to go. Now gotcha. you just wanna go hang out. So, you know, I'll tell you a quick story. We were starting deal makers in Milwaukee mm-hmm. this weekend. Really? Yeah, so we were supposed to land on Thursday, go to the Milwaukee Bucks game, Friday, see the city, go to the African American. Why Milwaukee? Event. So one, Will Roundtree is from Milwaukee. Oh, yeah, for sure, for so sure. So very, very strong backing. So then we have, uh, you know, Clyde Anderson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So absolutely. Clyde is there. Doctor. Dr. Clyde uh-uh, Anderson? Uh-uh, Clyde. Clyde, okay. okay. Yeah, Clyde okay. is the so financial good. guy that was on CNN for a bunch of years. So he, he left here and went there. So they started a center sort of like what we got here. It was, uh, it's called the uh, Sherman Phoenix, mm-hmm. uh, which is an amazing facility, right? But they got some, somebody called me one day with a duplex for like five grand. I'm like, it's where? And they was like, yeah, it's downtown Milwaukee. And I'm like, no, it can't be, right? They was like, here, here go the pictures. We missed the opportunity just because I was like, whoa, where's Will? And Will was traveling. I was like, Will, what? And he called back and it was gone. But again, it's like Cleveland. You got major football team, major basketball team, major airport, breweries out the world, so it's not going anywhere. When LeBron left, did the city For Cleveland, dive, then we're about Cleveland to Cleveland did. Up? Cleveland did, yeah. you know, of course. But... Cleveland has, again, football, basketball, baseball, major teams. Mm-hmm. Cleveland has what they call the Cleveland Clinic, which is one of the best hospitals in the world, gotcha. and a couple of colleges that are great. So, again, major airport. I always look at those as, man, we know this city was rough, but it's going to get better. Same thing with Milwaukee. We, you, you really can't lose yeah. if you buy a duplex and you're all in for $50,000 and you can get $400 a side. Mm-hmm. I'm still getting $800, which is $9,600 a year, which is still about a 20% return on my money, 15% after, after you know, all the expenses. Where else yeah. do you get that? Yeah, for sure. So, again, I enjoy uh, new cities, new restaurants, and real estate. And so we were just going to drop in. Will has an initiative going there. Drop in, and we we're going to do deal makers every third um, Saturday morning from 10 to 12. Are you going to fly up? Huh? No, 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 no. We 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 canceled because everybody should now. No, I'm saying like on the, once it's running. Are you? Yeah, once it's running. Here? Yeah, and then I have students there. So gotcha. my students have been trained to run deal makers like we run here. So you know mm-hmm. now we have the main one here in Atlanta that's weekly. We have one in Macon that's monthly. One on the south side of Atlanta. And so we are starting those as we get students that that get into the process because mm-hmm. it's just what you said. We sit in a room, introduce ourselves, we match make deals, and then you you got about an hour and a half, and then people leave. But every meeting, somebody's bringing something, somebody needs something, so we're closing. Gotcha. Do you think, let's just say, for instance, um, pessimistically, this coronavirus um, pours gasoline on our our recession that a lot of experts are saying it's imminent, it's got to happen. Uh, Where do you think that leaves us? Um, Yesterday we were on... uh, 
uh, guy name was Logan. I'll get you his name, but he is like the Bloomberg analyst. He was on the call with us yesterday on the Zoom thing. And he talked about what people say, yeah, we're going to have a recession. He says he does things by quarters. So they're predicting third by third quarter, we will be better than we was the first quarter. And first really? quarter was on the upswing. Second quarter is going to be tough, right? But I think here's where we are. This, and this is our followers, our people. What we need to do is go get as much money as we can from funding, put some up, but buy some of those rental properties. Like buy some of those cheap ones, buy some of those trailers. Um, but do you think out of fear, like people will be able to get even cheaper deals over the next few months? No, no. I, somebody, we just put two deals under contract this morning, and you got a ton of people that's still like active. Like, okay, y'all not coming out? We're gonna buy this stuff up because what happens if they open it back up a little bit over the next thing? The interest rates are still low. So those people, like I'm, like I was telling you earlier, I can buy that three, four hundred thousand dollar house, and my payment is so cheap, I don't lose. So homeowners still want to move. People still want to move to Atlanta. Yeah. Think they're gonna say, oh man, the coronavirus I ain't moving to Atlanta. I'm gonna keep staying in this city with no opportunities. I'm gonna go to whatever city, whether it be Chicago or Atlanta or wherever, because mm. it's their lands of opportunities. Right, right. So I don't, I don't think so. I think um, the hedge funds kind of slowed down. You had some of the eye buyers that have stepped out a little mm. bit. Once this gets fixed, they're going to come back and they're going to come back with a vengeance because now they got so much money, they ain't spent money in two months. Right. Then we're going to be in trouble for real because they paying 80 to 90 cents on a dollar. They mm. it's, it's a whole different animal. They're paying way more than we could ever afford to pay. So you've never gotten to a period where you stopped buying real estate because you think something's going to happen economically? Have you ever? No, nah, I stopped buying because I couldn't afford to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's the thing with real estate. Um, again, you know how the argument with the wholesalers that are not running a wholesaling business, mm -hmm. right? When they're running a wholesaling business, they're all just, you know, people that are, you know, they got the callers, they got the intakes, they got the, you know, but they don't have anything to do right now. They, mm -hmm. they, they feel the fear more than anybody because they don't know if I'm gonna have somebody to sell to next week, yeah. right? Because they're not in control. Get in control, go get some of this credit card money, go get some of this term funding and go buy those trailers. Go, I mean, um, <laughs> look up the mobile home elite team, right? They got a course, I think it's what, 400 bucks maybe. Mm -hmm. Take that course and understand I can go buy trailers for 2,500 and make $300 a month. You know, I can go in, if I can go get 30,000 in credit card money and I can go buy me four, let's call it five trailers. And after all expenses are paid, make $300 a month, that's $1,500 a month. That should take care of your house. Mm -hmm. Like when people start saying, man, my house note and I need $10,000 a month. We live in, we live in too crazy, yeah. man. Like we really are because we feel like this stuff not going to come to an end. Yeah. Live below your means until you really can afford to go out and buy something. Right, because we got too many opportunities. I don't think trailers are gonna get no cheaper. <laughs> right. No, seriously. Right, right. My daughter just came home, man, and she, you know, got overfunded with college. And I told all of them we were sitting down yes day before yesterday, and I was like, listen, y'all, we can all take, you know, we sitting in the house gonna blow some money, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody gonna blow some money. Yeah. We're not going to buy no Jordans. We're not going, y'all know, but somebody sent me some trailers, four of them for ninety seven hundred dollars. Two of them rented. Right. Now we we missed mm. we missed two of them. But they were already at $9,700. Two of them need repairs, but two of them were making $600 a month, or the rent was $600 mm. minus the lot fees, you know. Right. And so um, I was like, if we go buy those, and let's say we all in for $15,000 or whatever, and we sell two of them for $5,000 or $6,000 a piece, we got our money back. Now right. that now we're getting three, $400 a month forever, right? right? That's the kind of stuff we got to do, and you can do it on somebody else's money.
Now, if you don't have the credit, you just got the part. Go find them and somebody else put the money up. There's so many ways to do this, though. But I think we should be focused on buying low-end stuff, not not crazy stuff, not $300,000 properties, but the stuff that we're going to be all into under $65,000, $70,000 that's going to produce some income that may be multi-unit. Do they have those in Atlanta? No. No. Where's the closest? Macon. 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 Do you have uh, Macon, Macon, Birmingham, you... Birmingham is heating up except, I mean, Birmingham is on fire too. I like, the reason why I think people like Cleveland is you got more multi-units. People like uh, Pittsburgh, you got more multi Midwest, kind of, you know, you got more multi-units. Atlanta just don't have a lot of multi-units. Gotcha, gotcha. Where's, where's your, your eye at right now? Where are you? Are you like, yo, I'm trying to do multi-units. I'm trying to just buy up land. Where's, I, and I, I know you have a, a very diverse portfolio, but... Like, do you have something like you really licking your chops on? Like, ooh, I I'm can't a, wait. I'm an eagle, so I look at all of it. Yeah, yeah, we look at opportunities. So, you know, um, we were down in, you know, I told you about the stuff down in like Columbus, right? Mm-hmm. That's a funny market, but we got some multifamily we still working on down there. Mm-hmm. We love Cleveland again because we have a really strong team there, and there's some multifamily opportunity, man. There's so much of you when you go, you're like, God. Like amazing, like yeah. seriously, man. You love Detroit because Detroit, despite what happens with how the auto industry does, has some probably some of the best architecture for real estate that mm. I've ever seen in my life. Like with those brick duplexes and quads, mm. and it's so again so many opportunities. It's so much land you can buy vacant lots. Like we bought a a duplex, and there's some I guess a rule in Detroit if you buy this duplex and the lot behind it, the city owns it. They seventeen mm. four hundred bucks. So mm. you bought a duplex and we got two lots for hundred bucks a piece. Dang. So that means we can just, as a group, we can start going through blocks saying, okay, we own it. We don't own the finance to somebody. So you got homeowners because you don't want all tenants down the street. Yeah. You want some homeowners mixed in. So there's some, man, we got some amazing opportunities. Even if the economy crashed tomorrow, right? Buying a property for 20 grand, you're going to be okay. 20, 30 grand, we, we will be okay. Right, right. Or a trailer for $2,500. Listen, we spend that eating out. Yeah, for sure. In a year, you spend twenty five hundred dollars, you know. Easy, what? I mean, I got a Chick Fil A. I got a Chick Fil A habit. That's bad. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow. All right, so um, I, I want you to give like, because um, we we went through somebody who has two grand. Um, let's say I got ten. I got okay. twenty. What do I do? It's really all about the same, though. You got to really, because ten and twenty is not enough to do a deal unless you pool in with some people or other funding. Gotcha. Right, because I'll I tell you why I say that. Let's call it, I got, I'm going to say, I got 50 grand, mm-hmm. right? If I got 50 grand and I go get a heart money loan and they say bring 15% down, mm-hmm. the average house here in Atlanta is probably 200 to 250, kind gotcha. of the numbers you're going to be in, the, the deals that we want. Yeah. So that means you're taking $30,000 to $35,000 down. Right. Payment's probably going to be somewhere around $1,500 a month. So six months of that, that's nine grand. So now I got about ten grand to operate with. Right, right. That's all I got. So no error. So I'm still right on the cusp of being successful or failing. And that's if you got fifty. If it's if I got fifty. Gotcha. So when people say I got twenty, and again come from experience, me pooling money together, twenty is not enough. Gotcha. What is enough? To twenty is not enough to do a fix and flip. Twenty is a good number if I'm gonna go buy some trailers or if I'm gonna go do right. some some rental units. Right. If I'm coming to you like yo, Ramon, I I got X amount of dollars. What, what is the number that you would say, yo, oh, you, I'll get you a bag with that? So, <laughs> um, 
I'm gonna give you a percentage. I'm not gonna give you a number. You need 35 percent of the project. Mm, that's a good rule of thumb. Yeah, you need about 35 percent. You got 35 percent. We're gonna make it work. And the reason why I say that is because if you got 35 percent of 100 grand and the lender tell you to bring down 15, 20 grand. I still got six months of notes, and I got operating capital. Gotcha, because 50000 in Atlanta is different than 50000 in Detroit. For sure. Gotcha. For sure. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, okay. All right, cool. So, um, I mean, you answered a lot of my questions as it pertains to real estate, but what is the mindset you need to have going into the deal? Because I know I know you get people that, like, get schizophrenic. Like, they just crazy. So, so, so number one... Before you get into a deal, you, you really need to be prepared to understand what investing is, right? This is not um, trap money. Like, mm-hmm. We're not going to turn it tomorrow, yeah. right? And it's okay if you make, if you take 50000 this year and you turn it into seventy five, and I mean in 12 months, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I made 25000 on one deal. I had 50000 That's a 50% return. Mm-hmm. If somebody can show me where they're beating that return, then I, we need to all go where they're going. And you're still safe because I got this real estate, sure. right? If you take 50000 this year and you make it, I don't know, let's say you only make 10000 yeah. that's a 20% return. Yeah. It's beating every market just about anything that we can think of. Yeah. So when people look at it, they always see on TV, you know, you, you got the lady, like they always joke, she's a school teacher, husband picked plums for a living, and they went and bought this deal, <laughs> and, and they bought it for 700000 and they put... 32,000 in and they sold it for 1.2 million. That stuff is, is TV. Right, right. Plus for a living. Man, it's like, I'm a I don't third know. Third grade teacher. You know yeah, what we mean? got like, 600,000. How did y'all get approved for this <laughs> loan? Like, what, what lender are y'all using? You know what I mean? But it's, 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 it's not a 30 day return. Mm-hmm. I always tell people for minor renovations, paint carpet, mm-hmm. in your mind, put six months. For major renovations, put 12 months. Mm-hmm. So if you're expecting that, and it happens in 90 days or six months for the major renovation. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a bonus. But if you're going into something like, man, I can only last for 90 days, don't, don't, don't yeah. go into that that way. Because now we, we're setting ourselves up for failure. And then it's okay to share. The biggest thing that uh, we fail in, it's okay to share. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay to make $1,000 on a wholesale deal or referral deal. Mm-hmm. It's okay. I promise yeah. you. Yeah. You know, and even on fix and flips, it's okay to partner with a good partner and y'all have y'all different roles, and we split the money because you're That's splitting right. the headache, you're splitting the responsibility, you're splitting everything, and it's okay. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. It's okay to, it's okay to fail every now and then. Gotcha. Two, two, two deals. What is your biggest win? Like you, I mean, smiling ear to ear, and your biggest loss where you thought life was over. <laughs> I think so. So, Dave, you know, a lot of people don't. We we grew up kind of rough. So when people say like rough losses. Um, we took in a lot of L's personally, mm-hmm. right? So when it's money, we were trained as kids. Like, we make money. Yeah. Money doesn't make us. So I've never had a, a deal that made me say, you know what, I'm done, I'm quitting, right? I haven't had one. Now, the... You've had one that hurt, though. I had a few that hurt. I mean, yeah. so when the, when the economy crashed in 08, man, we lost stuff to foreclosure. I mean, we were losing... You know, I was like, man, I'm losing stuff. So, I mean, a bunch of those deals. Yeah. But I, I look back and understand the times. Um... So I, I don't have one in particular. It's just experiences. Is like, it possible to get caught with your pants down again like that? Is there is there anything not you like can that? Do? But you know, it's gonna be some. You know, it's gonna be some. You have around. <laughs> you know, because I'm a risk taker. Right, right. You know right. what I mean. Gotcha. I, but I I do believe in having more um, income producing properties, money coming in, yeah. um, more savings. 
you know, not always being on the edge, you know what I mean? Uh, I think that'll do the, do the trick for, for us. I mean, other than that, you're an investor. Yeah. So as an investor, we're going to take that risk. Or you, you, you can't have one foot in and uh, one toe on the line like you, you got to go all in. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Yeah. And if it crashes, we're going we gonna to make the adjustment. Like today, the past two days, I felt more relaxed than I felt in a long time because we're not scurrying around. We're like, okay, yeah. I'm at I'm at the house. You know, we're doing uh, Zoom calls. Everybody excited, happy on a Zoom call. Like, what's next? Let's go get some money. Let's go. Right now, the credit card companies are wide open. They're like, y'all, take, please take this money. Really? Increase your limits. Call them and see what they tell you today. Call one of them and be like, listen, I need to increase my limit. Watch what they do. Why, though? Come on, man. They got, they got, because if, Imagine if we all shut down our credit cards today. Mm-hmm. How are they going to make money? Oh. Call them ass. Just call them tease around. Be like, listen, hey, I'm, I'm Dave Dorito guy. You know who I am. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but that's, I mean, so, so mindset-wise, I say this as far as losing. Um, sometimes people ask me kind of like how we grew up, right? And I say we, we, we were truly fortunate. But it, when you look back, you're like, man, we must have been crazy because we, we didn't realize how bad it was, mm. right? But we were also being trained to be tough. Mm. Also trained that, man, we're going to make money. We don't care what's happening. Yeah. Like my dad used to say, listen, if you get a job in my house, you're going to pay bills. But if you want to start a business, he encouraged all of us. All, all, me and all my siblings have our entrepreneurs, right? He encouraged us, if you want lawnmowers, I will buy you 20 lawnmowers. If you want a bus, we're going to go find out how to get us a bus. If you want a gas station, we're going to figure out how to. So he encouraged us, and we never had that fear. He used to say, I'm so afraid of of y'all because all of y'all are, like, fearless, which is a good thing. You just got to calculate that fearlessness, right? Um, So that's that's for me. Like, I haven't had something that make me want to quit. Like, I haven't been like, That's oh, man. Deep. He said, if you want to get a job, you got to pay rent. Pay bills. If you want to start a business, I got you. I got you. I, I got like you, man. That. It was a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing, man. I, you know, I, I, I hear him, sometimes I'm driving, and I hear him because in, 2000, in 2001, I had amassed some rental properties, and I started selling them, going to the nightclub business, mm-hmm. right? And so he was like, no, buy, buy and build small houses, right? And I used to be like, nah, I don't want to do that. I don't like doing that. I didn't listen to him. And then years later, when I built one and it sold, I was like, God, I hear him. Like, I hear him talking. See, my, my father passed in 2010. Mm-hmm. And I, I could hear him like, hey, man, build that small house. So, like, even now, when we're building these little little tiny houses, kind of narrow houses, mm-hmm. I hear my daddy talking to me. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, he he on point. You know what I mean? So, All right, go ahead. so I had one deal, um, 2005. Um, we bought this store we had been working on, and I remember we had to go get a ton of uh, quick claim deeds from different owners. Mm-hmm. And it was right in East Point, right at Cleveland what Avenue. What are quick claim deeds? So quick claim deeds is, so you got different levels of deeds, right? Uh, warranty deed is, as a seller, mm-hmm. I give you more guarantees of what mm-hmm. you're getting from me. Quick claim deed, I can quick claim your house, mm-hmm. right? I don't own nothing, so I'm really not giving you nothing because, but I can quick claim anything. That's really cleaning up any kind of titles, any kind of ownership That's interest that right. I may have in it. But it's a building at the corner of Cleveland Avenue and Sylvan Road in Atlanta. Right now, if you go there, there's a Walmart sitting on the hill. Mm-hmm. Well, we had the piece of the property that we were buying, that, and we didn't know this, but it was a small strip center that had been closed mm-hmm. down. Right. And so one of my bird dogs brought it to me, and then he brought me the, the land next to it. And so we when was this? This was 2005. Gotcha. 
Um, and so we were out getting ready to put this sign up, you know, for sale or for lease because I didn't care which way it went. You know, if somebody wanted to lease it, we would fix it up for them. And this guy pulls up and he was like, hey, do you own this? Man, we've been looking for the owner. I'm like, are we good? What's up? And he jumped out. He said, I want to buy it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, 2005, man, I was uh, 32 years old. Um, I guess 30, yeah, 2005, what is this? No, I was 30. You know, we had been making a ton of money. You know, we got all the big boy cars out in front of every parking lot. You know, we balling, right? Yes, sir. And the dude jumped, pull out in a truck and pull up in the truck. He was like, I want to buy it. So my friends, you know, we all looking at each other like, whatever, man. Like, and so I believe I paid like between the two parcels, like $65,000, commercial strip center and the building, I mean, and the lot. Dang. And so he jumps out and was like, well, I want to make your offer. So I, I always tell people, make your offer. So dude was like, you know, I'll give you 170 and, and you know, we'll close it in a few weeks and I'll give you earnest money check right here. So, you know, normally I would have been like, man, just call me back later. You know, I would have been cocky. So everybody looked like, 170. 170, you're going to make it. So that was probably my largest, the easiest six-figure deal, because we made yeah. six figures, right? Um, that was the easiest, but I, I can say most money I've made on one deal. But some of the deals that are more memorable are when you need some money and something happens at the right time. Right. Like what? An example. So, so you need some money, and Dave calls and says, hey, Ramon, I got somebody looking to buy something. They're ready to close on Monday. And then I go and call John, and John got the deal, and I make three grand by putting a phone call together. So some of those deals are probably more memorable because I needed it then. Mm-hmm. It helped me more then, and it was an easy transaction. Yeah. So it's, some, it's, it's a few of them, man. It's, you know, it's some of those $1,000 deals that you remember more than you remember those flips that were thirty and forty and $20,000 because mm-hmm. that $1,000 meant more at the time. Gotcha. What have you learned dealing with people in real estate? <laughs> All of us are, are the same, and all of us are different. I, and people laugh when I say that, but all of us are the same because we all want to win, right? But when you meet people, and a, most, peop, most people want to win together. Yeah. There's a few bad apples that don't care if none of us win. And for those bad apples, sometimes people look at it like, man, they winning, but they only winning for a short term. Mm-hmm. They, you know, when, when stuff happens, and I don't ever wish any bad, but when stuff happens, they don't have anybody to reach out to. See, if I lose today, I understand that I got 10 friends I can call and we're going to fix it because yeah. we're building other people. We're building together. If I was selfish, you know, I could go make God knows how much money by myself. But then again, I'm by myself. I don't want to be. I want yeah. I want I want all of us to be like, listen, man, we're going to the game tonight. Or, yeah. you know, when we're at the table, one of my pet peeves is five dudes sitting at a table and we don't eat. And then everybody sitting there like when the bill come, like they split that up. Right. All of us should be like, nah, it's my turn mm-hmm. because we all done okay this week or this month or this year. You know what I mean? So that when all of us can be in that position, you know, man, it's a good thing. Awesome, awesome. All right, so I got uh, just just one more question. I like to make, uh, for one, I, I want to appreciate you for coming on because I learned a whole lot um, just in this process, especially in my career as real estate because I, I got my real estate license and I actually got my real estate license in 2005 or 2008. Do you still have it? No. No. Why? I mean, I wasn't doing nothing with it. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I sold a couple properties too. And um, uh, me and my cousin, we went in on a triplex one time. We had it. And then I learned never to move your family in. No, nah, don't move me in. <laughs> no, nah, we good. Yes, no, you're going to stay in the hotel sir. or something. You learned <laughs> that one. 
And then, um, you know, recently had a, a situation with real estate. So I, I, I've had a, you know, a relationship with real estate. And I just want to, I, I feel it. It's, it's, I'm older now. I'm more mature. And I really definitely, so we, we definitely want, like, I'm, I'm not doing no real estate without you. Y'all can put that on camera. <laughs> I'm not doing no real estate deals without Ramon. Um, but I want to, I want to know, uh, I like to make predictions on this podcast and I want you to tell me where you feel like you, your business is going to be five to 10 years from now so that we can look back on this and say, yo, Ramon said it five years ago and look, he, so, he did it. So five years from now, I'll be 50 years old. Um, and so all the things that I've learned up until this point, I, I want to automate stuff more. I want to grow a business more because we still been hustling a little bit. Um, which means more governmental contracts, more on the construction side, because I love the construction piece, mm -hmm. more commercial than we've ever done before. Yeah. Um, but then also, that's one piece of the business, but on the other side, making sure we've influenced enough people so that we've built people. You know what I mean? So in five years, I want to look up and say, you know what, we got 100 people that have done what we've done, or better. Because I, I don't care if you're better than me. If, mm -hmm. if, if we can make sure, you know, we got some kids coming out of college at 22 years old, they went from home ownership to being investors, and they're not stressing about mm -hmm. living, then I feel like, you know, we've done our job. So five years from now, that's what I want to be. I want to have a company that's running without me. Solid. I, you know what I mean? And when I say without me, that means if I want to go and be gone for a month, it doesn't depend on Ramon making a decision. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, so you're really good with your hands in terms of, like yo, putting these deals together like piece of cake, yes. and other and obviously you've been, um, you've you got a lot of students yeah. that are killing it too. Yeah, yeah we do. So um, so I guess tell us about um, about Flipology too, because how long have you been running Flipology? So so Flipology, uh, we're going into year six now. So it's been five years, um, and Flipology just just like it sounds, science of flipping real estate, but it's not just fixing flipping. We got different levels of it. So from wholesaling, so training people really how to build wealth through real estate. Yeah. Um, but the what people associate flipology with is the one on one, the boot camp, which yeah. we just had this past weekend, and it's two and a half days of nothing but information on how you build wealth, not just not just flipping, but everything how you build wealth, um, from all the funding to the you know fix. And I tell people how to estimate repairs. We bring in the inspectors. We go out and look at properties. Mm. Um, it is, it is. I call it my baby because mm -hmm. uh, I really, really love everything about it, man. You know, we were there. Uh, we had 25 speakers over the weekend. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, when I tell you, people leave and they're like, man, we're so tired, but we're so charged up. You know, we, we, we give you what you need. Wow. Um, and so that that is, for me, man, bringing in the right resources. Mm -hmm. So when you come to our event and you leave, you can say, you know what, it's all on me. Yeah. And I put it on you. I tell you, like, raise your hand if you're going to do something within 30 days. I don't care if you got bad credit. If you're going to go out and start working on your credit, we got the resource. If you got great credit, you know, we got this resource. If, you know, most people, man, don't understand it, that they got a 401K that they losing like crazy, and they could have rolled it up into an IRA and loaned themselves money yeah. by, by projects with it. Right, right, you right, know, right. most people have left jobs and left a 401K over there and they ain't get no benefits from it. So those things, we bring in those resources so that when you are part of what we're doing, we give you everything. Like it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. And I tell people, it's not because of me. If you see the caliber of people that are at Flipology speaking, yeah. it's like, man, wow, I love it. Absolutely. Because I'm in the back. I'm still taking, like, this time we had a guy, and I got I to gotta introduce you to him, Jason Thomas. Mm -hmm. I want you to remember this name. Okay. He has a uh, formula, and they, you know it's a business, but they show you how to pay your debt off 
not pay smallest first, not pay your, he shows you how to skip loan payments, right? By triggering, mm -hmm. if you pay a certain amount towards your principal, it skips interest payments. Oh, it's a beautiful thing, man. Mm -hmm. He was at Flipology, right? He's from Jamaica and he, he comes over, I think he may be still in, still in town, but it, just that alone was worth the ticket. Yeah. And people left knowing, okay, you know, if I could, um, pay my interest, I skipped five payments this year by paying this amount and I put it on my card. Mm -hmm. Let's say my card was 20% interest and I spent four grand, but I skipped six payments that were $1,100. I just saved four grand, mm -hmm. right? And he shows you that. So those, that kind of people are at Flipology. That, that kind of education is there. And so that's why I always love how our team brings those people in. Because a lot of times they'll tell me who's coming and I'm like, okay, I'll see it. But like, that's life changing. That's awesome. Well, I, I don't know when you guys are watching this, but um, he does the boot camp and flipology all the time. So I definitely want you to follow uh, Ramon right now and just DM him like, yo, when's the next flipology or how can you help me? Um, right now we're in uh, Corona season. This is March. <laughs> March. So you got one coming up. In July. In July. Okay. Um, but, you know, I don't, I don't know when you're watching this, but he's always doing them. He's been doing it for the last six years. He's going to be doing it for the next six years. So um, I guess um, let everybody know how they can get in touch with you. How can they connect with you? So I'm, I'm Ramon Tooks on all social medias. Um, and I think that's the easiest way to connect with me. Uh, then, you know, if you DM me, send me a message, you know, make a comment. I'm always looking at my stuff, so I always respond. It may be, you know, the next morning, mm -hmm. but I always respond. So shoot us a message, and my team members see it as well. So if they see somebody send something, they'll, they'll make sure we respond. Solid, solid, solid. Okay. Um, well, leave, leave us leave us with a, 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 a inspirational word as it pertains to real estate, man, because it's a lot of people that – Real estate is scary for them, man, because it's not like setting up a T-shirt brand where it costs a couple hundred dollars to start. Like, um, or, you know, I, I, I print it and I see the product. This is a lot bigger. So what, what, type, what type of words of advice would you give us, Mike? So, you know, I said it earlier, man. Don't, do not tend to miss the opportunity because the cost of missing the opportunity of owning some real estate mm -hmm. is bigger than the risk that you're going to take by buying it, mm -hmm. especially when you're buying it with the right folks. You know what I mean? Even if we even if we made a mistake and missed the mark on a deal, as long as we stay together, we'll be able to fix the deal. Because we've missed the mark sometimes, right? And we're moving too fast, we didn't do the checklist. But you have to own some real estate. You know, um, you know, I don't know if you know Sonya, but Sonya always says, you know, he who owns real estate calls the shot. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if I'm renting somewhere, I don't tell the neighbors what to do. Right, right, I can right. go to all the community association meetings I want to. But, you know, as owners, I'm going to say, man, they don't even own them. They're going to be gone next year. Right, right. Right? So I think really, really learning the process, and it's like any other – it's like driving. Yeah. Right? You know, you were nervous when you first started driving. Right? You know, you mm -hmm. got on the expressway, you was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Right? It's the same thing with real estate. Mm -hmm. you with the right people. We're at the right time. Lowest interest rates possible. Just a really good environment to be buying in. Buy now. Buy in the next six months. We'll be all right. I love it. Yeah. In the worst case, the worst thing that can happen is what? You own some real estate. You own some real estate. <laughs> you got somewhere to stay. This podcast is sponsored by DonaldTheVoice.com. For all your audio and video needs, I'm here for you. Sound good. Look good. Be good. The official editor and producer of the Social Proof Podcast, Donald The Voice. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. 
Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.